All right, I think we're recording. I'm going to sit here with the cat, see what we got. Little cat is keeping me company. She's really happy. It's been a long time since we did a podcast together. I'm seated on the couch in the trophy room in the kingdom of Bungie, looking up at the wall where Bungie is hanging, just waiting for October to arrive. I've got my 2020 PA buck, Pennsylvania buck, for those of you who don't speak Pennsylvanian. <laughs> but my buck from 2020 is now complete and hanging on the wall uh, next to the boar from 2021 uh, that Genevieve and I were successful in taking home at the third ever Death by Bungie meet and greet, the 40-yard boar. So we got two great trophies, both of which my daughter, Genevieve, the taxidermist, can you believe that? She found it, both of them. And we're going to do a video here in the near future showing off the trophy room and showing off these trophies and Genevieve's handiwork. I'm very proud of it, and I can't wait to show it off. I'm glad to be sitting here again doing a podcast for you, you friends of Bungie. Talking with Bungie has returned. We're finally getting back into the swing of things here. I got the book done. That is really why I was on hiatus from the podcast. I was spending all my time writing a book and getting it prepared for publication. The Death by Bungie Crossbow Method, Strategies for Crossbow Hunting Success. That book is now available on Amazon.com, almost 600 pages of pictures and stories and tips and tactics and strategies for crossbow hunting success. I really like the way it turned out, and I hope you do too. I hope you'll go read a copy of the book, get a copy of it, because that would justify all the time that I spent working on it this whole year, starting out 2022. I want to get back to business, back to talking about breaking limbs. Remember the Breaking Limb podcast that I did before with Dave? from Wyvern Creations. We did some podcasts earlier in the year along with a series of videos, four of them to be exact. You should go back and check those out on the, on the YouTube channel. Those videos turned out pretty good. I was pretty happy with it. And I learned an awful lot. One of the people who taught me an awful lot, of course, was Dave from Wyvern Creations up in Lee, New Hampshire. Their website, wyverncreations.com. Check it out. All things crossbow. You can't beat it. If you like crossbows, you'll love their website. You might remember in our previous episode, part one of my interview with Dave, in that podcast, we talked about a number of topics. In this episode, part two here, the rest of the interview appears, and you get to hear us talk about recurves, compounds, crossbows I'm talking about, of course, heavy arrows. And then Dave's going to tell you a great story about a buffalo hunt. And we also have some other conversations about knocks and arrow weight and all that other good stuff. Uh, we had a new guy start and uh, we got September 15th is hunting season where it starts here in New Hampshire. And I said, September 1st, it'll be the parade. And he's like, what are you talking about? I said, watch. And I said, Right about the first week of September, right through till September 15th. I said, we're just going to have one person after another come in. Bows hooked on dry fires, cocked wrong, whatever. You know, just just it just not understanding how the bow is. Ugh, every year it's the same thing. We had one poor guy come in multiple times. Could not figure out how to turn on and turn off his garment scope. He oh. could not understand to push and hold the button. You know, it's, it's just lack of use. You know, yeah. the, he, he's not following instructions. He didn't know to begin with. And he, he just, you know, it's, it's, we work with people as best we can. My goal is to get them back in the woods. 
you know, seriously. I mean, the last thing I want to do, well, that's right. I don't want to work on bows. I'd rather just sell the bow and have a happy customer with a dead deer in front of them. You know, uh, I, I try very hard to keep, I try very hard to eliminate as many user errors as I can. Uh, again, part of the things I do videos and stuff, you know, I get all, I got all in trouble. You just don't want to do the warranty work. No, I don't. <laughs> I want, I don't want to work on these bows. I want people to enjoy these bows and not have problems. You know, if you're on a hunt of a lifetime in Wisconsin and your boat fails because you didn't know how to cock it correctly, you know whose fault that is. You know, <laughs> and that just ruins everybody's day. So, yeah. Um, so it, that gives you some, indi some indication. I'm not sure if they answered your question, went off on tangents or not. Oh, no, I appreciate it. Um, your post today that, you know, there's I'm, I'm involved in some the heavier aero groups that because there's friends of mine in there and i appreciate that stuff i understand what they're saying and everything and of course you, your post they you took some heat in some of the excalibur forums oh, you think <laughs> so some people the heavy arrow is the savior of our limbs and it fixes every problem and your your limbs i've read this your limbs will not break if you shoot heavy enough arrows which and, is crap yeah I, i'm finding that out based on a lot of other stuff that I'm looking at too. So, well, here, here's the thing with heavy arrows and, and Excalibur is an exception to the rule in this one. And, and I'm going to catch heat for this too. Um, you reach a point of diminishing return on arrow weight and too light is a problem. That's going to do nothing but semi dry fire. to me shape. Okay. You're now stressing the limbs. The limbs don't have the arrows, not absorbing that energy. That energy has to go somewhere. If the arrow's flinging down range and it's so light, well, that excess energy is just flopping the limbs. Not good for it. Um, if it's too heavy, what happens? Well, if you have a really heavy limb, a recurve bow, a uh, heavy arrow, pardon me, a recurve bow doesn't care. Okay, literally, you can take a hunk of rebar, glue veins on it, set it on a rail on an Excalibur, pull the trigger. It'll drop in front of the bow. And it'll shoot just fine. Uh, compound bows are a different nightmare. And I've had this argument with consumers and I've had this discussion with engineers and the engineers kind of look at me like, oh, crap, what, you know, that kind of explains it. If you ever take a look at a slow motion video of a compound crossbow shooting, these things don't just nice and curve. They're twisting and flexing. And I mean, it's just, it's amazing to hit their target. I mean, you just look at this thing flopping around. Right. And, uh, what happens with a heavy, heavy arrow on a compound bow is it's got inertia. It doesn't want to move. It's happy where it is. When you pull the trigger, it's not going to move until there's enough energy built up and stored in that arrow to overcome the inertia of the tip, which is really tapping, and it's going to move along the rail. Well, in the meantime, what's happening to the cams and limbs? The limbs are flexing and twisting. The cams are stretching and everything else. And it induces a limb twist. And we had a huge issue with solid limb bows with heavy, heavy arrows where the limb would twist and it would just delimit right along the main core because it just, it's doing this and it's not moving the arrow. You know, the energy's just, just going elsewhere in the bow. It's inducing string stretch, timing's going off. It gets, it gets really interesting. Now in this part of the podcast, you're kind of missing it because we're not in video, but I can tell you that Dave is gesturing with his hands and what he's showing is sort of the twist of the limbs, twist of the cams and how the, the bow sort of twists. If you have ever taken a look 
at Mission Crossbow's website. They have a series of videos too, slow motion videos of their crossbow firing, which doesn't really twist and do all that gyration, but another typical crossbow, which does. That is a thing, right? It is a thing. There is a ton of energy in these crossbows, a ton of vibration. So what he's describing here, there's videos of it. You can go check them out. In fact, some of my videos even show when Genevieve shoots her recurve crossbow, known as Bungie Jr., the scope itself, the tube, the scope tube wiggles up and down. There's so much vibration. Now back to the interview. I had a, uh, I had a uh, discussion with Kathy Trowbridge eons ago about their 350 grain arrow. The reason they did a 350 grain arrow is because if you look at the speeds of these compound bows, they're much faster than a recurve bow in general. So that was the only way they could get this number up there. So the speed didn't look like, oh, look, you're 280 foot per second bow. Nobody wants that. But if it's 305, oh, okay, I'll buy that. You know, of course. And in the box, you'd get a 350 grain arrow if you put a 100 grain tip on it, but they'd use 150 grain field points. So it's like, okay, so you get a 400 grain arrow. So the bow right out of the package would not shoot what it claimed anyway because they're using a 150 grain tip. Does that sound familiar? I'm going to jump in here because he is describing Bungie to a T. Is he not? In fact, Bungie is a 305 feet per second Excalibur Axiom. Came with 350 grain arrows, but they also recommended the 150 grain bolt cutter. Excalibur's website back in the day said, yeah, we find that accuracy improves if you shoot a 150 grain tip. And so I put that on there, but that means right off the bat, I was not shooting the advertised speed. So I'm like, Kathy, why are you doing this? Why don't you just make a 400 grain arrow so 100 grain tip works? Well, you need to use our broadheads. I said, look, I said, not everybody wants to use those broadheads and 150 grains are pain in the butt to find. It's just as bad as 125. Most places don't stock even 125 grain heads. 100 grain, that's the one everybody wants to use and can find a wall full of different heads to use. And uh, so this kind of went back and forth. And and, and uh, I said, look, I said, this is stupid. I said, just, just suck it up and put a 400 grain arrow into it so you know we can use decent heads. Um, it, it got rather heated and it calmed down afterwards. Kathy's a sweetheart. And... Uh, but they're the ones who set this 350 grain standard. Um, and Excalibur bought it, pardon me, 10 point bought into it where they did a 370 grain arrow, trying to get their speed numbers up. Mission with their 350 grain arrows on their sub ones and stuff. And uh, that's causing problems. I think they're way too light, uh, especially for a compound bow. Uh, you know, Scorpion did you know, a lightweight arrow. Everybody's got their speed numbers up because they went to a really light arrow. And now what's happening is they're finding that these really light arrows, it, it may shoot very fast and it may be minimum weight and may be okay for a while, but they won't hit anything. You know, the, your accuracy goes all over the place. They're just too unstable. They're too light. And uh, so what we have found in general, 400 to 425 to 450 grains, that's kind of the happy medium. Uh, I was a big proponent of you know, uh, 400 grain being the, the standard to gauge a speed of a bow at, you know, let's do 400 grain, everybody on the planet, 400 grain arrows will shoot this speed. Excellent. Now we got an IBO number that's realistic 
And, you know, people can go up or down on the scales they want, depending on what the minimums or maximums would be. Um, but with the, once you start getting past about 500 grains, you're doing nothing but really slowing the bow down. It, it's not hitting any substantial error. Having the arrow, you know, hit that hard. It, okay. It does hit harder. You're everybody's uh, that mistake. They're like, Oh, the kinetic energy has nothing to do with kinetic energy. The bow only produces X amount of energy, whether it shoots a light arrow fast or heavy arrow slow, that same amount of energy is only being produced by that bow. It's the mass what's hitting. It. And I'll say, it's like, would you rather get hit with a fast tennis ball or a slow bowling ball? And the bowling ball is going to hurt more because it's got a lot more mass. And, uh, but I don't want to give up that much speed. It doesn't net you that much. Uh, but we got people shooting slow bows to begin with, and they're going uh, hunting for, uh, you know, 300 pound Russian boar. Okay, maybe a heavier arrow wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, and you can do that on an Excalibur without hurting anything. I've got people running some 600 grain arrows and they're a bitch to build and, you know, and they, they, they hit very, very hard. And uh, is it necessary? Not really. Um, we had uh, one customer uh, years ago bought a 10 point phantom at that point in time it was 345 feet per second with a 400 grain arrow and considered fast at that point in time i'm dating myself and uh he uh calls me up he said well i went on a buffalo hunt i'm like really he says yeah he says yeah it's a figure. and and buffalo hunts are not really hunting it, it's very similar to picking out what lobster you want out of the tank uh you pay to go on some guy's farm and you sit there and go i want that one he goes okay that's fifteen hundred dollars shoot it we'll drag it home um and the problem is is that when you're going out there with bales of hay to feed them they're all coming snuggling up to you you go out there dressed in camo crap they're not stupid they know they know <laughs> someone's trying to kill them so they do this jockey position where they take and push you know push each other in front of them you know so they sat there for a while waiting for this cow because he was going to go to school for meat. So he was trying to get this cow. He finally separates his cow from the herd. And uh, 40 yards, he says, I take a shot, hit this cow, and stands there, and, and, and it just, bam, drops over. And the guide's horrified. He says, wow, he says, I've never seen that before. He says, normally when we bring archery guys out here, says we stick with an arrow and we go back, we have lunch, we watch TV for an hour or two, come back and watch it eating grass with blood sticking. You know, uh, he says, we never see them drop that quick. He's absolutely amazed. So they're sitting there, okay, we'll give it some time, make sure it's 100% dead. And they're sitting there while they're doing it. The guide looks over and goes, hey, that bull has blood on its nose. And as they're watching it, the bull falls over. Well, it turns out the bull is behind the cow. They didn't know it. So here we have 40 yard shot with a 400 grain arrow out of a 345 foot per second bow went through a bison and then killed a bigger bison behind it. How much kinetic energy do we need <laughs> these things, you know? And, and the guy was just, he thought it was great. He says, this is one that cost me an extra $1,500, of course, because you have to pay for the bowl. He says, but this was amazing. I got like, I don't know, I think I got like 30 pounds of meat out of it. He sent me as a thank you. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was really cool. Uh, but that's one of my better stories about that. You know, it's like, you know, here we're dealing with a bow that isn't even anywhere near the speeds we're talking with some of these bows now. We're talking a 400 grain arrow and in one side now of a 2000 or a 1500 pound animal then hits another 1500 pound animal uh we're dealing with 180 pound if you're lucky whitetail you know yeah, i mean yeah. how much you need uh so is it necessary no uh 400 to 425 will work fine pretty much on just about everything on the planet uh can you go heavy with a with a recurve bow here's the thing recurves because each limb works independently of the other 
Put whatever you want on it. It won't hurt it. That's the beautiful thing about a recurve. Uh, we sell recurves in a lot of instances because we have people like, oh, I'm going elk hunting in Montana. I'm going to backpack in and things. <laughs> it's a you know, fine Excalibur. You know, that way you don't have to worry about it. if it's in the thing, you can change the string if you nick it against the branch yeah. or whatever. Um, but uh, again, we've we found that a lot of instances that the heavy arrows really aren't necessary, but you can do it. So it's not a big issue. Some of these other bows, these compound bows, they can cause issues though. Uh, and it doesn't net you anything. You know, you're already, you know, trying to find your arrow in the next county after it came through the deer anyway. You know? With cro modern crossbows, you know, me going from the Axiom after 12 seasons to the Scorpid Deathstalker 420, this is a whole different, it's like I'm Rip Van Winkle went to sleep for 100 years, woke up and it's like a different weapon. It's a flying car. Yeah, yeah it, it, it really is. It's the slick black Cadillac, I call it. It really is an amazing uh, change. You know, it's a whole different thing, what it can do, but uh, when you say that the recurves are working independently, the difference, I think, with the compounds is the cables are tying the two limbs together. I got you. And exactly. Yeah. And that's part of the problem. Whatever happens in one limb, it throws it off on the other. Yeah, it's pull, it's got to compensate somewhere. Yeah, right? uh, They pull and twist and okay. yank each other and everything else. Exactly. That's the, the one thing with a, a recurve. But here's a little bit of thing that I've gone back and forth with Excalibur on. Have you ever tried? You can try this if you haven't. Have you tried shooting a moon knock out of your Excalibur? I have not. Nope. Try it. Try it. It will shoot worse. You want to know why? Because what happens is, is that although they're matched limbs, each limb's independent. So they'll start off cocked. And when you let go of the bow, one goes a little faster than the other. And then the other one catches up and it kind of does this as they go along. So as you're going along, the string's sliding left and right as it's going down the rail. Oh. It's also decelerating because all your acceleration is way back at full draw. And as it's coming down, it's starting to slow down as the poundage drops off. Unlike a, a compound bow, which is full power all the way to the end. So what's happening is, is that as you get the flat knock in the end, and as it's going along, string's just, doing this. It's happy and just rides. Yep. It just rides along. Exactly. It allows that slip. You don't want a whole lot of slip. Otherwise, the string falls off. You want some friction there. But it allows some give. If you have a moon knock or anything, it's being dragged sideways as it's going down the rail. Now, that's something. A, now, you have a compound, though, where each one's linked. Yeah. And of course, there are a lot of the moon knock and everything else is because they're much narrower and there's more of a chance of rollover and stuff. But a lot of that rollover is because of that limb flex and stuff and the cam flex. Um, but they're, they tend to have less side to side knock travel going down because if you have a cam that starts to pull, it'll pull the other side and then it kind of pulls it back. So there's less side to side travel. So you can do a moon knock and not lose accuracy with them comparatively. But yeah, it's entertaining watching a, because, uh, you know, even with capture knocks, something that snaps on the string. Yeah, they'll, they'll kick it left and right with a recurve. It's kind of funny. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I so can see something that. For you to do. Something for you yeah. to do. But um, I, the knock stuff isn't. The wrong knock seems to be an easy way to start doing damage, though. I mean, if you're, you know, on a lot of these. These these bows have progressed. So uh, we had a problem when the Bowtech Striker first came out 
and then Scorpion popped on the scene, a couple other companies. And we couldn't get good arrows. It's as simple as that. You know, the, the industry was like, well, here's the crossbow arrow we make. It's 003 on a good day. If you like, maybe, you know, whatever. And the solution at that point in time was to go with a heavier arrow. The, the assumption, of course, was that, you know, oh, the heavier arrow stiffer and everything else. Well, it was. But what was happening really was that we were taking a 390 foot per second bow and slowing it down to 340. Yeah, <laughs> because it's easier to keep it on the road. Yeah, it, it would be more stable. Um, it was just a you know happy result out of that one. The uh, the arrow technology finally started catching up. Now we're getting better arrows. We had some good quality stuff. We got people out there that are making good, you know, assembling good arrows, whatever. And as the bows are getting narrower and narrower and narrower, you're starting to see more and more proprietary knocks. And the argument, of course, here is you know some form of captured knock or snap on knock versus a a moon knock or whatever. And general rule of thumb, without some kind of a nice radius on the edge of the knock to allow for that steep string angle, a capture knock can wear out servings faster than a non-capture style knock on, you know, these real steep string angle fast bows. Um, you know, I got a lot of people that are like flat out. If they can't snap on the string, I'm not confident it's not going to work. It's going to fall off. And uh, the reality is, as long as it's all the way against the string, there's no problem. You're not, you haven't, if you have a, a knock here and a string here and, you, and, and there's a gap, it's just going to slam and it breaks it. But if it's against it, it just pushes it along. You don't have any real failures. But knocks are constantly being updated and changed and modified. And it's, 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 it's insane. And everybody, you know, you have to use their knocks or their arrows to keep the warranties in place. And, it can be annoying. I'm uh, using the Deathstalker uh, for I, it's, it's a Deathstalker 420. Yep. I'm using the Deathstalker arrows with 150 grain field of you know point on there that gets me up yep. around 412, 415, something like that. Yep. And right. I, I I love the performance I've had hunting wise, accuracy, no problems. The knocks, I like the lighted knocks. I'm big on that for the videos and for just so my old eyes can see what's going on at 40 yards. Yeah. I have shot the Parker style Luminox out of those and those Park arrows. Park. You think I'm fine? Okay. I hate to be hitting you up for, you're like my doctor. I'm hitting you up at a, at a cocktail party for three of the few, Yeah. You really, you have to have an encapsulated knock to work with a Scorpid to keep their warranty in place. The capture Luminox, which are the Parker knocks, will work fine. It's one of the few that they approve of. Most of the time, they'll use a fire knock. Uh, if you, for example, the arrows you pulled out of your package were had the clear knocks on them, yep. those were actually black Eagle capture knocks. So there, and, you know, and there's a variety the Versa knock is a new one that came out that works really well. Uh, lit knocks are a whole different discussion. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, real quick, just to get back to something here, since I can, we went way off tangent. Um, does the heavier arrow help with longevity and limbs which is really kind of what your original question was uh and you can slice and dice this video wherever you need to because we've gone off all sorts of different ways um i'm more of a thought that a minimum arrow weight will cause problems i don't like 350 grains i think it's stupid to go that light 
Uh, is it going to blow the bow up? Probably not. Is it going to reduce your longevity of the bow? Probably. Is it going to be, is it going to maximize accuracy? No, they really need to be about four to 425, 450 grains total weight to make it a solid, reliable, consistent bow. That's a nice, happy weight where it's, it's heavy enough to make sure that it's absorbing some energy. It's heavy enough that you're at least throwing a small bowling ball. Uh, so you break through if you hit shoulder or something, but it's not so heavy. You give up all that speed. You paid a lot of money for it. So it's really kind of a happy point. Um, do you need 500 plus grains on an Excalibur to keep it from blowing up? No, um, it's not going to matter. Uh, and and uh, that's been my big argument. I get people out there. They're saying, I get emails all the time, literally multiple times a day. Oh, well, I was, I just read that if I don't have 500 grains on my mag 340, it's going to blow up. No, you're fine. 400 is all you need. Um, and uh, that bothers me because it's misinformation. Uh, are there, are there positives to running a 500 grain plus arrow on Excalibur? Yes. If, if you're hunting big four, if you're doing short range hunting, primarily no, and you just want that extra ump for whatever, the bow will handle it. Do it. It's not going to hurt it. It won't hurt it. Is it necessary? Not the least. The deer is not going to care. Probably chance of good, neither is the boar. But will it hurt anything going 500, 600 grains, whatever? No. That's the beautiful thing about Excalibur. It will not matter, and it will shoot that just happy as a clam. However, it becomes a problem when you say you have to do it to maintain the longevity of the bow, and that's not true. Gotcha. I, I couldn't agree that more. That makes sense. It, it does, and it's also consistent with what you know my thoughts going into this. But now it's it's actually making more sense when I hear you. I've talked to a, an engineer about this too that I'll be doing a video with, and we talked about the bow efficiency. You know, and you hit on this already that the amount of energy in that bow that doesn't change. Like you pull that string back, we can do the math and we know how much kinetic energy that bow can hold, store and produce and expel. It's not going to be question, any more with a heavier arrow. Exactly. Right. Correct. Right. The heavier arrow going a little heavier might make it a little more efficient in that that arrow is slower so and therefore can absorb you know, a little return. Bit more. You could but like you said, it has bow, diminishing return. The reality you is, find out pretty quick you know, that once 400, the 450 grains, I'm right there with you. What I've seen with this, both hunting with it now one season, it's you know you can we could spend all day on it but the, that's exactly. the, that's just the reality i want to jump in here just to summarize my current thoughts on this subject i totally agree that 400 to 450 grains for a modern crossbow is a great arrow weight for most modern crossbows i'm not saying all of them but for many of them i think that's appropriate in fact in my new book the Death by Bungie Crossbow Method, I talk about what I call the rule of 400, right? 400 feet per second, 400 grain arrow. If you can beat either one of those, stay in the ballpark of those two specs, and you're going to be pretty happy. Now, on an older, slower crossbow like the original Bungie, 500 to 600 grains, that's really what I have found to be the sweet spot for that crossbow. That crossbow just loves it. It increases the momentum, gives me more penetration, and that crossbow at those speeds lacks penetration. It needs extra help. It just needs a little extra help, and it gets that extra help from that heavier arrow. But that doesn't mean everybody needs to be shooting heavy arrows. doesn't mean every crossbow, modern crossbows, need to give up on the, the speed. You paid for the speed. doesn't mean you need to give that up in order to shoot 
a an arrow that's going to give you the penetration. It's going to give you the momentum you need. The fact of the matter is most people listening to this podcast do not need heavy arrows. Nonetheless, David Wyvern has come out with some heavier arrows just to keep people happy to meet the market's demand, such as it is. So here goes. We're going to be doing a 500 grain arrow for our customers. Um, and I've gotten crap for that already over that post. Well, it's hypocritical. You're saying don't use it, but you're going to do them. I'm like, well, you can. And I've got people who really want to do that. And if it's not going to hurt anything, sure, what the hell? Well, you know, it's not It's not a problem. It just means I got to, you know, bolt a whole mess of weight washers together. Um, <laughs> but it's a, uh, it's, it's kind of funny with the, uh, one of the things I've told people, because we get into this discussion about broadheads and things and all sorts of stuff. And I said, you know, part of it is you need to be 100% confident with what's on your mouth. And uh, I've told uh, broadhead manufacturers this. There was a, I don't know how long you've been in this, but years ago there was new Archer products. I, 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 I gave them such crap about this. They came up with a broadhead called the Brax. Mm. You remember that? No, I don't. No. Google it. It's worth it. It looked like a medieval battle axe, like three bladed battle axe put together. And I'm like, the hell's this? Oh, well, that I'm like, look, you guys are running out of ideas and you're overlapping on other people's patents. This is the best you can do, right? And I, I have no confidence in this. This is, this, is, this is ridiculous. I said, you know, yes, it'll kill something if I hit it through the lungs. I said, but I don't really want to risk, you know, buck of a lifetime on something I don't have confidence in if I'm screwing on the end of my arrow. And, and that's, there's been a couple of broadheads like that that I just look at them like, I'm not going to, you know, it, I, I don't feel confident this is going to kill something. And in this particular case with Excalibur bows, with the, uh, the amount of people that are very old school going into Excalibur, even brand new crossbow people, they're old school recurve people. And what they used to do is they build, you know, hunks of rebar with veins on it. They put them on their old recurve bows and that's what they shot. And and they're used to doing that and they're confident in doing that. And that's what they want to do in these crossbows. And I could talk to them blue in the face and they're, they're still going to want a 600, 500 gram arrow. And you know what? God love them. Let them do it. It's not going to hurt the bow, you know, and, and uh, will they be a little more confident when they take that shot in that deer? Yes, they will be that much more confident. And will it result in a cleaner kill or a higher percentage kill because of that confidence level? Yes. You know? It, 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 the deer is not going to care if it got killed, you know, had a 400 grain arrow or 500 grain arrow passed out the other side of it, but they will have confidence. And if that's what they want and the bow can handle it, that's the key. Uh, sure. Let's, let's offer it for them. What the hell? Um, but uh, it's kind of funny watching these new 500 foot per second bows coming out and stuff. I'm laughing because Raven has a 500 grain arrow that they've never produced, but they're in the process of some point in time, we'll ship it. Um, and I had a bunch of people keep asking, when's it out? When's it out? When's it out? Well, whenever they ship. Um, and I've had that same discussion with, you know, a couple other manufacturers that make fast bows and they're all contemplating it. The issue they're running into, and this is the same problem I have with the 500 grain arrow that I'm working with is that the shaft is brittle. And because you have to have, if you think about it, okay, I've got a 400 grain arrow, use a 110 grain brass insert and a 100 grain tip. Okay, I got 210 grains on the end of this arrow. 
And it doesn't want to move. It's on the rail tappy and it's not going to move until I have compressed that arrow enough that it's built up and stored enough energy to get that tip to move. Okay, great. Now what's going to happen if I take and put, say I put, you know, instead of 210 grains, I got 310 grains. Okay, now I got a 500 grain arrow. What's going to happen? It has more, more um, uh, resistance moving and it's going to take that much more energy. So now what's going to happen? That I've weakened the spine. I've now made that arrow over arc. It has to absorb that much more before that tip starts moving. What's the solution? Stiffer arrow. Okay. How do you make them stiffer? Well, you add more resin. What happens with resin? It's glue. What happens when glue flexes? It cracks. Welcome to my world. And yeah. that's the trade-off. We're, we're, losing, we're losing flexibility and because we have to, because we have to, you know, compensate for the spine and uh, it's causing, uh, it's causing cracking in the arrows. Well, if you're not diligent of every time, well, what's going to happen with a cracked arrow? It's going to fold on you. It's going to drive part of the bow and blow up. Um, I had a guy had a problem with a raven. He had a phone call from Raven. He didn't buy the bow from us. A phone call from Raven. They're like, look, he says, would you mind replacing the entire front end on this R20? And I'm like, no, I don't have a problem doing it. Why? What's up? He says, this guy, he says, we don't know what's going on. He keeps on blowing this bow up. He's fit to be tied. He says, we're going to replace the entire front end, everything. Just unbolt the riser, everything. Everything forward of the rail. Fine, no problem. Guy comes over and he's fuming. And he said, I don't understand why it's blowing up. And, da, 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 da. and I said, well, let me look at your arrows and look at the arrows. I said, all right, have you, have you, are you checking them to see if they're, you know, not cracked? He goes, oh yeah, yeah, I'm checking them. I said, okay, do me a favor. Check, check one for me. He picks up one. He holds it in the middle. He goes, see? I said, okay. And I said, all right, do me a favor. See that one there? I said, yeah, grab it on the ends and give it a flex. Crack. He goes, what the hell just happened? I said, it was cracked underneath the veins. The veins were holding it together. I said, you were flexing in the middle. That's not where it's cracked. It's cracked in the back by the veins. I said, that's why you're having failures. He wasn't checking his arrows correctly. If you ever watch, you watch an arrow break, it's always the back half of the arrow that snaps. They rarely snap in the middle. It's always right underneath the veins. It drives me crazy because nobody checks that. Yeah. So if you ever flex an arrow, hold it on the ends and flex that. So these arrows that we're building are going to come with a little note going flex before you shoot every single time because they are brittle and we are going to be stressing them with all that weight up front to get them to go. So they're, you know, it's, it's, I've had this discussion with a couple of manufacturers about trying to find arrows that'll work, that'll be, you know, handle these real high speed bows, high power bows and not be brittle and you know what do you I'm do for of, what are you going to do for targets um <laughs> um targets actually i <laughs> um i had a discussion with kelly from spiderweb because we do a lot of spiderweb that's my favorite target that thing's okay. great and uh as soon as they came out with the 500 in january i called up kelly i said kelly have you seen this thing yet he goes what and i said oh, raven's got a 500 foot per second bow he's like really like yeah so we were discussing uh density and because i basically pushed them into it now they have the st18 xl hd high density 
and he shoved an extra three pounds of material in there. And he says, he says, we're, we're getting to the point now where the, they're so overstuffed that it's starting to break the wood <laughs> that they use for the frame. He says, we can't put any more material in there. Uh, and we've had very good luck. They actually do work. Um, but yeah, spider webs are good. Uh, big shot. Uh, has some stuff that'll there. There are targets out there that'll handle these. The trick with this is that there's two kinds of targets. There's broadhead and there's field point. Now field point targets, uh, spider web, big shot, whatever. Uh, they work very well. Um, and general rule of thumb, you know, the arrow removal is pretty good. Broadhead targets are a different scenario. Um, there's two ways to make them. You can do a layered foam, kind of like the block target style. And uh, that'll last a few shots and you're going to be re refletching your arrows, but you know, they're general thumb. They're not going to work in these fast bows. Those blow right through. And then you have things like the high density foam, like a Reinhardt. Uh, and you take like a Reinhardt 18 one and uh, you take a brand new Reinhardt 18 one, you take in one of these new 500s, hell, even some of the 400, 400 plus bows and you shoot a field point into it, well, at least with a broadhead, you're cutting a channel and there's at least some kind of relief to get it back out. You shoot a field point into it. If and when you ever get that arrow back out, you're going to be taking a razor blade and scraping all the melted goo off the shaft. The Heats it right up. So much, it melts the material. And now you've melted your shaft into that target. Good luck getting it out um so uh yeah there's a there's a fine line now, i usually tell people i said what you want to do with each fast bows buy a spider web or you know good quality field point target do all your shooting with your field point get it so you sight it in you do nice tight groups of distance then borrow a buddy's 3d target or a block target or something set out like 50 60 yards and screw in a broad and take a shot or two if it hits where you're aiming go hunting don't overshoot it because you're going to drive yourself crazy um and uh but we've got a lot of people they're like you know they're using fixed blade heads in these fast bows which is a tuning nightmare uh or uh we have a lot of again old school they're like i don't shoot field points i don't kill i don't hunt with field points therefore i don't shoot field points i only shoot my broadheads and it's just like have to have a broadhead cart target so there isn't a lot of good out there yet that will uh all of them claim easy error removal and not one of them has ever tried it <laughs> actually put it in. uh you know I've, I've dared a few manufacturers to you know, go pull it out go ahead you know i want to, want to see you do this uh yeah we haven't had great luck with a broadhead capable target that will work with a field point and not require a winch and two small kids to help you out so um you have to be seen there Thank you so much for this. This has been, you've made my evening. I really appreciate it. It's well, been great to talk to you. Made my night indeed. Man, I love talking to that guy. I could listen to him for hours. I learned so much in this series of podcasts, a series of videos, these interviews that I did. But David Wyvern, thank you very much. Once again, you friends of Bungie, check out wyverncreations.com. And I hope you got something out of this. Until next time, all Hail Bungie!